Welcome to Franklin Covey's Be a Better Leader series. I'm your host, Lena Rinne. I serve as the Senior Vice President of Professional Services and Client Facilitation for Franklin Covey. On this season of Be a Better Leader, we're talking all about how to help your leaders become more successful even amidst uncertainty and change. At Franklin Covey, we help leaders develop the skills necessary to lead their teams to greatness. Many leaders have the technical skills the role requires, but they lack the management and the motivational skills to lead others effectively. In this episode, we'll be talking about how to create a culture of feedback. One of the six critical practices that leaders should use to transform their teams and succeed in their role. So we've all been there. Participating in an uncomfortable conversation or performance review, either for yourself or for a member of your team. And while it's tempting to avoid these conversations altogether, giving and receiving feedback is a crucial component of effective leadership. Here with us today to talk about creating a culture of feedback in your organization is subject matter expert and Franklin Covey consultant, Natalie Brown. Natalie, as always, thank you for being here. It's always a pleasure. Lena, it's so much fun to get to talk to you about these important, important topics for our organizational cultures. I love talking about feedback. Let's get into it. I know. And this really is an area where you have a lot of insight. So let's do get right to it. So can you talk about why being able to give your team feedback as a leader is important, not only as a leader or for the individuals, but really for the strength of the entire team? Oh, absolutely. Not the team, the organizational culture, all of it. We all as individuals, when we are our best selves, fully engaged and contributing into the organization, that's how we build amazing organizations. So every person has things that they're great at and things that they struggle with. Uh, and what we need is to be able to develop within each of us that confidence in what we are strong in, right, and competence in the areas where we need to, to get better. Uh, and when we know what that is and when we have an environment of trust, then we're not just hearing where we're doing a good job and maybe being whispered about we're not doing so great, where we're struggling. Um, but if we have managers who are able to tell us, here are your strengths, Here's your opportunities for improvement so that you can go on. Here's what I see for you um, as you take care of improving yourself in this area. It is, it's beyond important, not just for the relationship between the manager um, and their direct report, but also for the team's function and then the organizational culture. What we've found in most organizations, though, is that many of us, don't get the balance right. So as leaders, we often veer towards one side or another, right? So one side is being too courageous. Uh, they're the managers who keep it real. They have no problem calling out where you're wrong, what yeah. they think about you being wrong, and every dot and tittle about how wrong you got it. Mm -hmm. um, and it may even be very harsh for, you know, the actual uh, failure to thrive, right? Mm -hmm. It may be a small tweak, uh, but you're hearing a large amount of conversation about it. It's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the other side, the other managerial 
imbalance that we find is just being way too considerate. We don't want to have the challenging conversations about what one thing is hindering someone, especially that one thing that everyone else in the organization knows, that one thing everybody knows is going to keep that person from being great. And their leader isn't having the hard conversation with them because it makes them uncomfortable or because it really just, they cannot stand the thought of making someone else uncomfortable. But the truth is, if we don't address those problems, if those problems continue to persist, or what if they're getting even worse? Then how is the team or the organization benefiting by having this person continue? Or how is that person benefiting, right? I mean, it's it, as you're talking about this, like too much courage or too much consideration, I'm actually realizing that I relate to both of those situations. There are times when I've had too much courage and I've thought, well, I can just cut right to the chase because either I have high trust with this person or I assume they want the feedback. But then there are other times where I really back away from the feedback. And again, maybe that's contextual, but I'm not doing a favor for anyone in either of those situations because the feedback, the one thing that could make that person, our team, our organization better is completely lost in both of those circumstances. Exactly. It really has to be a balance. And when we think about ourselves as leaders, the better we're caring for ourselves and caring for those relationships, each of those trust relationships, ensuring that today, we might need to focus on where someone is being great. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, we can help them with the more constructive feedback because today they need to be shored up. That's about being very in tune in each of those relationships. And the high trust relationships um, have that attunement uh, that, that is steady, yeah. right? Because in our, human, in our humanness, right, our, our sense of self, Mm -hmm. our sense of confidence, mm -hmm. our good days and bad days fluctuate. Yes. And as leaders, we need to know um, the appropriate time yep. to have these conversations, right? Yes. You don't, you don't want to veer too much into always being a courageous one. It's too much about the employee's weaknesses, and that doesn't build them up. Right. But being too considerate, not doing there's, any favors. There's no, yeah. you're, not, you're not doing them any favors, and they won't respect you for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to address it in balance. It is an high interesting point. And if you don't mind me jumping right to this trust idea, because yeah. if, if I get feedback from someone I trust, it is categorically different from someone I don't trust. And this is where I think leaders sometimes we think well my role is feedback so i'm going to give the feedback irrespective of the relationship but even the most confident people i know feedback inherently stings like it, it that you have to choose for it to be a gift instead of a you know a spear <laughs> i don't know if that's the right yeah. analogy but feedback can hurt so it's it's a bit like contextual and it's a bit choice to say you know this is a gift that you're giving me as my leader but as a leader, boy, I'd better be pretty tuned in to the context of this feedback. Like you said, how is the other person doing? Do they understand my intent, which is so critical? And really, it does come into that trusting relationship. So can, can we talk about like a high trust relationship and a culture of transparent feedback do go hand in hand? So 
How does creating that, this high trust and culture of transparent feedback and these high trust relationships, how does all of that tie into success and, and becoming more successful as a team? It's the crux of it all. You, 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 <laughs> it, it, that's the secret sauce of it all. Um, as leaders, it's, it's really interesting. I think that in times, especially in our American culture, there's oftentimes a thought that as a leader, it's my job to make sure that I give the feedback. Right. I don't, I, so I think that when we're talking about the six critical practices of being a great leader, one of the things that, that the six practices works together to help a leader to embrace is that it's actually, as a leader, it's our job to create an environment where those who report to us can thrive. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about creating that environment where there's transparent communication, um, when we're talking about that feedback that is um, re reinforcing or, um, so, or corrective, either of those, constructive or reinforcing feedback are all about um, being better. And when we're doing it right, it's reciprocal. So as a leader, if no one else will tell me, the members of my team will tell me. Now, that's something that's a habit that you have to build. Yes. That is not something that so oh, I come out of the class. You don't come out of the class, and the next day you suddenly have these relationships. Right. But as you steadily build a relationship, um, going out for coffee on a regular basis, um, scheduling feedback sessions where it actually is the time where we can talk about what's going well and what's not, right? That idea that, um, that we can consistently in small ways and large ways create that environment where I know I can tell the truth to my leader and my leader can tell the truth to me and we're both going to be better for it. It's amazing. Yeah. Your team benefits, your organization, everybody benefits. Everybody wins. It, it's the ultimate win-win. It's the ultimate win-win. <laughs> well said. Ultimate. And I do feel like it's so important what you just said that feedback is a two-way street. So we've been talking about how leaders can give feedback and, and lots behind that, but it would be remiss for me as a leader to think that my only role is to give feedback and not to get feedback. That's and right. I have found as a leader myself, if I truly see feedback as a gift, right? I mean, however it's conveyed, whatever tone, any it, feedback is a gift. I only get better through feedback. We all have blind spots. That's a pretty powerful mindset. Um, for me, that's made all the difference. Yeah. I, it, it is an amazing thing. I agree with you completely. That idea, um, wherever we are in our careers, and, and we think about some of our amazing leaders, uh, there are 10 years in leadership, 20 years in leadership, 30 years in leadership, 40 years in leadership. Uh, and no matter how many years we have in leadership, we are n no, never so much the expert that there's nothing we can learn from someone who reports to us. That's right. Right? So That's if right. I'm on a team, yeah. So, so that idea that I fix you because I'm the leader. I have 34 years in my field. I always, which, you know, 
I, I'm very proud of my 34 years in my field. I feel that I know a lot about my craft, and I probably do have a lot to offer someone right. uh, who has just come out of graduate school. But because of what they have to offer me, if I'm not there looking for the learning moments rather than always being the fixer, then I'm missing out. Yes. Because it's been over 30 years since I was in grad school. So. <laughs> it's so well said. It's so well said and so much opportunity there. Thank you so much for your insight today, Natalie. It's been a pleasure to have you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. For those of you who are watching and listening, as you think about your leadership habits today, are you creating a culture of transparent feedback for your team? And what actions can you take today to provide more opportunities for your people to feel seen and heard? How can you seek to unleash your team's potential? For more helpful resources on creating a culture of feedback, visit us at franklincovey.com.